Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Steve and I are together in the Cleveland studio. Good to see you. Yeah. Good to see you, man. How you doing? You ready for the holidays? Uh, good to see you as well. Uh, I'm doing good. You know, little, just really starting to emotionally kind of wind down. You know, I'm just tired. Wait, go, you know, glad for the holidays to be here, at least the time off. Um, but am I ready for them? No, just because of all the family stuff and... You know, it's like, I feel like everybody I know was born sometime in December, so there's <laughs> a lot of birthdays, and you know, you got to make sure you get the gifts out and the cards out, and you got to make sure you tell certain people because if they don't, their feelings get hurt because their birthdays are close to Christmas and blah 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 blah. So I'll be glad when it's over. <laughs> uh, really, I always look more forward to New Year's. Uh, obviously, Christmas Day with the kid, but really, you know, I look forward to New Year's because that's usually a fun time with, with, with the group, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, things are good. Yeah, I'm heading to Buffalo, and there's people I haven't seen in a couple years or more because of COVID, um, so I'm trying to scramble to see as many people as I can. It's like, I'm there for five days. I'm going to be, you know, put me in a glass case and have people... How's the... I mean, you know, COVID's, you know, bad cranking in Buffalo up, right, right now. I mean, so... Bad in Buffalo. But we're not getting anything from... Because I know they were... Uh, you know, pretty strict about people coming in and out of the state when COVID would have As it. far as I know, there's no restrictions about coming into the state right now. I do have my Vax card with me. I actually got my my booster on Tuesday. Okay. Um, and I, well, the injection site soreness and a little bit of body fatigue, but yeah. nothing major. Right. Um, I was concerned because some people said the third shot kicked him in the ass. Yeah. And some people said, yeah, whatever, and which is true about pretty much everything with COVID. Yeah, which we can talk about more. Uh, yeah, no, we'll talk. We'll talk down the show, but uh, you know, so January sixth, back, you know, in the, you know, back in the crosshairs. Um, I, I don't think it really, it, it never left mine. Um, but we finally oh, have, um, you know, it's finally starting to get looked into uh, with with your with the January sixth committee. Um, you know, one one aspect of that, you know, you've got Mark Meadows, who was uh, the chief of staff, right. For Trump, when January 6th is going on, and so he, you know, we talked about it uh, two weeks ago, how, you know, he uh, was going to cooperate, and now he's not, and, you know, me thinking the reason behind that is more, you know, obviously Trump trying to cover up, Trump applying pressure, uh, but then I realized what's really going on. Could I guess? Yeah. Him releasing a book? No. Oh, okay, good. Nope. I realized what's going on. Yeah, they're trying to cover up, but... I, I before I thought they were trying to cover up something specific, direct ties tr- to Trump directives, but now I'm, I'm back to thinking that they just they just don't want to deal with it anymore. They're just trying to bleed them out. They're just trying to wait them out. Think about this. Think about the timeline here. We're a year in. It'll be January sixth in a couple well, weeks. Yeah, not that. But it's not that. They, what they're trying to do is they're trying to wait out um, the Democrats until right? 2022 when they think they can get control again. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what this is, right? Like, so, so Meadows is going to cooperate. Trump says no, right? Like, don't. And then Meadows is just like, look, this is serious. You know, if it goes and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm going to, like, listen. All you got to do is not cooperate. And not only not cooperate, but you sue them, right? Tangle things up in court. By the time that this runs its course, by the time we get done hitting them with motions and, you know, introducing this and introducing that and going through all this other stuff, you've got the 2022 elections. Right? I don't think anybody's looking at 2022 and thinking that it's going to be a good round of, of elections for the Democrats. Like they're probably going to get whitewashed. Um, you know, they're probably going to, they're, I, I predict that they're going to lose Congress. Um, they're clearly going to lose the Senate. Um, so, you know, Joe, Joe Biden is going, to be, is, is going to be neutered. But ultimately, like, they're going to lose. Um, and so I think everyone sees the writing on the wall. So it's like, look, if you start a suit now, at the end of 2021, right? Election, you know, the, these elections are only, what, six, seven months away? Eight months away? 11, it's November. It's, well, yeah, but I mean, we're, we're towards, so January, oh, February, saying, March, April, oh, you're May, saying if they June, string July, it up for a couple August, months. September, October, November, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so you're, 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 you're 10 to 11 months out, but 
point being, by the time uh, you get this in and, and you get the motions back and forth and blah, 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 um, you know, you, it's election season. And you anticipate the Democrats losing. So once the Democrats lose and you get control of the House and the Senate, you're probably going to have a pretty decent majority in both houses. Um, you know, all this goes away. All you need is a simple majority because then you control the committees and you can... Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, I mean, I, I, I personally, I just, I, I don't think that the Dems will be able to hold on to Congress and I don't think that they'll be able to hold on to the Senate. I don't you think know, it'll be close. Uh, unless Biden comes through with some major wins here late, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't trust or have faith that they'll be able to do it. Uh, I'm rooting for them, but I, I'm just saying like that, that's what this is, Right. Um, you know, once Meadows backed out initially, I thought it was something, you know, more sinister, but now I, I don't think that it's quite as sinister as I thought it was. And it was just, a, you know, it's just a, you know, tech, you know, realistically, it's a good move on the Trump, on the Trump team's part. Um, bad for democracy, yeah. not the right <laughs> bad move. Bad for the country, but. You know, bad for democracy, bad for the country, you know, just the, you know, bad guy move. But, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're just playing to win then that's the right move. Yeah, you know, I mean, that I agree with. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's so easy to delay things in court in America, especially oh, God, major yeah. things. And this is where my biggest beef with Obama in his first term was he tried to play nice, he tried to be a peacemaker, and they just said, fuck yeah, you. Jim, he had to okay. be. Okay, Joe Biden doesn't have to. No. So Joe Biden, this is a time for him to but say. But this is who Joe Biden is. Joe Biden loves to talk about how he's the reach across the reach I know he loves that. He's been there forever. That, right? Mitch McConnell and he have been cutting each other's balls for 30 yes. years. Um, I get it. I'm saying that that's what it's going to take to change this around. Joe Biden needs to sack up and say... He ain't the one to do it. I didn't say he would. I I'm said that's what needs to happen. That's what needs to happen, but it, he's not the one to do it. And when everybody was like, oh, Joe Biden is the guy. Remember? What did I say? I was like, well, this ain't he, your guy. Okay, no. It was the guy to win the election. Okay. Which, by the way, is way better than not winning the election. Yeah, I mean, I, I so, get that. But, I mean, it's just like, look, he, he is... He needs to accept he's a one-term president regardless. He's 78 years old. Right. So, in at 82, I'm going to have a hard time. I mean, if he's running against Trump, I'm voting for Biden. But if he's running against a sane Republican, and I have to choose between 82-year-old Biden and a sane Republican... Or a third-party candidate, I'm going to be very torn. He needs to say, "I'm a one-term guy." I'm, to quote Danny Glover, "I'm too old for this shit." It's time to recognize that the finish line is near. Man the fuck up, jam stuff through as best you can, in spite of Joe Manchin. Um, call out nonsense, and I know it's not got to be all him doing it like behind yeah, the podium. Here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. There's so much. This irks me to no end. You know what I would say to Joe Manchin? I would walk into his office. I don't care, Biden, Pelosi, fuck it, uh, uh, what's his name? Chuck Schumer, whoever. Okay. I would walk into his office, Joe Manchin's office. I'd, I'd like, hey, you, look at me. Look walk at into me. his houseboat instead. Right, whatever. Houseboat, him and the Maserati. Like, hey, look at me in the eye. Hey, fuck you. I don't need you. Fuck you. Fuck right off. Goodbye. And I would walk out. And then you know what I would do? I would go and turn the screws on Rob Portman. I would go and I would turn the screws on Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, you motherfucker. These motherfuckers tried to kill you. Tell me they didn't. Tell me they didn't, Mitt. Look me in the eye and tell me these motherfuckers weren't trying to kill you. You were the only one who had the balls to step up and they wanted, to, they wanted your head on a fucking platter. And you're going to sit here and th these, these people didn't say or do shit for you in that situation. That's real life. This isn't legislation on paper. That was your life. And you're going to sit there and vote and side with these motherfuckers? Have you lost your fucking mind? Man, you better get back to reality and get over here and vote for this bill back better. Rob <laughs> Portman, where the fuck your balls at? You're, you're, talking, been, you're talking way too black to talk to Mitt Romney that way. I'm no, saying. I'm not. Because that's the shit that, it's that, that'll right, scare the shit out of Mitt Romney. He'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely, sir. Yes, absolutely. I will eat all the jive turkey. Yes, I will. Yes, sir. And Rob Portman. Oh, boy. Ohio's I, I, own. Ohio's own. But guess what? Ohio, uh, Rob Portman is running. Right? He's not running for re-election. forgot about that. You don't, gotta, you don't have a thing. To, the only thing you have to lose is your legacy, and it's already trash. This is the only thing that could possibly bring you back. 
This could be your John McCain moment, right? John McCain's going to go thumbs down, thumbs down, bam, you know, or thumbs up or thumbs up, no, whatever. Thumbs down, thumbs down. Right, and then yep. he goes thumbs down, right? This could be that moment for you, and you need this because right now no one thinks favorably, even the people in your party, they don't like you. Right, the people in your party don't even like you because they all see you as spineless and weak. So, why don't you grow a spine? Why don't you grow up here? And I'll continue to put the screws on them. That's, uh, that's actually a great idea. And there may be other... Right, there's other... Know, I mean, other but Republicans, go, other. go, attack, go that, find them. Like, fuck Joe Manchin. Right? Like, fuck them. Yep, yep. No, that's... You know that's, what I mean? That's like, like walking into Joe Manchin's office. Like, watch... Like, Joe Manchin loves this. Joe Manchin loves the attention. He, like, this is what he's been waiting for. Right, he's never gonna switch because he like now look, I'm I'm the Democrat who's got all the control. I've got more power than you, Mitch McConnell. I've got more power than you, Nancy Pelosi. I'm everyone's gotta come to Acor me. According to Charlemagne the God, he's got more power than Joe Biden. I don't know if you saw the Kamala Harris. Yeah, but I mean, it's you know, and Kamala she jumped back at him. But yeah. but the reality is, is that he does. If if Biden, based off the way the the Republicans are voting. If Biden wants this, he's got to get Joe Manchin. He's got to get Kristen Cinema. But you got to find a way to say fuck them, and you go find other Republicans that you can't attack, and they're they're out there. I just gave you two. There are more. I guarantee you, you could fl you you can. They, there are Republicans that can be flipped, but the Democrats don't know how to apply pressure like that. They just don't. No, they don't, and they're terif and, and Republicans are still terrified of Trump. And the other another thing that will shift twenty twenty two and twenty twenty four is if Trump loses his grip on the party. And two interesting things happened in the past week. One, he got booed in m at least one of his rallies with Bill O'Reilly, and they're not selling for shit, according to some outlets. Now, I've heard mixed things. I would love to have some actual intel on that, because I've seen videos of just barely attended arenas, and I've seen videos of blocked-off uh, upper decks in places and I want to believe that's the case. I want to believe these guys can't draw because, frankly, I don't know why they would. But I'm me. But I'm also, hesitant because I don't want this to be the Democratic version of the Trump crowd claiming, "Look at all the people coming to see you." I'm like, that's the Cleveland. Yeah, that's Le they're going to see LeBron James. Right. That for people who don't know, they were talking about these big rallies Trump was having in Houston and showing these incredible mobs of people. And those mobs of people were celebrating the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers NBA right. championship. I mean, there were pictures of the of the championship parade in Cleveland. Yeah, right. Which right. Jim and I are familiar but, with because we live in Cleveland. Correct. But but I a lot a lot, <laughs> a lot but a lot of the country saw those pictures and went, "Damn!" Right. And so I want to make sure this isn't a left wing spin on well, the same. Right. Thing. It's a trust but verify sort of thing. Right. I um, want to verify. You know, I do want to go. You know, you said you don't know why they would draw. Yeah, you know why they would draw. I mean, look. Trump was elected. I mean, like, you got 50 million people or whatever that voted for the guy. Yeah, 70, actually. You know, or, or whatever. But what I'm saying is you got tens of millions yeah, of people yeah, who yeah, voted yeah, for yeah, a guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to be a draw. Come on. Right? Like, O'Reilly was one of the biggest names in, 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 news, in news television for the better of 20 years. So, I mean, we know why they're going to draw. Right? Like, it's not but, 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 if they, but, but if they're not drawing, that says something. If it they're says not... To me they're, the, there's fatigue of the... Of the ranting nonsense, if they are not, which if I they're not, hear. maybe. But I, I think, you know, there's a conversation to be had about COVID. Now, what's interesting though, right? Trump says at a rally or an event, right, that he got the booster and that they should go get boosted, and the, crowd, the crowd booed him, right? And this is not the first time that this has happened, um, and so it does kind of go to the point where. And I've, I've said this you, in the yeah, past. Yeah, you've said this before. Right? But but Trumpism has outgrown Trump, right? So even Trump... So Trump, what what he's done is he's created something where that if even if he steps out of sync, then he can be removed and replaced, right? And that's just... I, I, and I think this, this... Like, people booing him at a rally for him when he says, hey... You know, we, we, we're the ones who ran the vaccine. Like, the vaccine was us. We, you know, like, warp speed. That was me. Remember the great name I gave it? And it came too fast. It's a great breakthrough. We should be taking credit for it. I got the booster. Boo. Boo you. You boo you, Donald Trump. F you. Fuck you, right? No, you've said that before, and I didn't agree with you before, but I do now. That 
You're right. The, the, the Frankenstein monster is now out on its own, yeah. and you can't... He doesn't have... Cont- like, I mean, he... So, the interesting thing is, Trump... The shadow of Trump looms very large in the GOP. Obviously, yeah. But the man doesn't, right? I mean, because, one, I think there's plenty of Republicans who see all his flaws and weaknesses and how he's damning for the party. But they appreciate... Uh, what he did to unify the party, even if it's in ridiculousness, right? So they will absolutely, absolutely push the idea that he, you know, the election was stolen. They will absolutely push any rhetoric that he throws out or that comes from someone affiliate him, affiliated with him. But uh, what they won't do, right, is let him kind of damage the thing that he built and now that they are benefiting from. Um, and a perfect example of that is Dan Crenshaw, right? Okay. Because Dan Crenshaw came out lately and is caught on tape and, and is, you know, criticizing uh, people in the GOP. And, you know, people are applauding him like, oh, yeah, finally, some, somebody with some sense in the GOP. But when I listen to what Dan Crenshaw said, uh, what he said on that tape, and, and when I listen to uh, – and, and you go and you look at – his voting record, like what he's saying is we don't need to support Trump, the guy, screw the guy, right? We need to, we need to support the message, but we need to do it in an intelligent way where we have facts and data to back up what we're saying, right? Like, so now when, when he says facts and data, he may be leaning towards, you know, manipulated bullshit, but that's better than the people coming up with crackpot theories that the vaccine has a microchip in it, right? right or Like shit like that you can't support. Right, but um, the idea that the election was stolen, you can support, right? Um, at least they think that they can, and they feel that they are still supporting it, and wh- which is why they're still pushing that lie. Um, and it, it's just if it if it wasn't our country on the line, <laughs> Other it would than be that. it would be a really interesting thing to study and watch play out, you know. But my my fear is. Um, I think that this thing has divided the country to the point where I don't tr- like. I feel like the, there are people on the left who are very well intended, but they are so blinded by their rage and their hate for Donald Trump and everything that he represents and stands for that they would they would be willing to do anything and cause whatever damage that that may come in order to defeat the other side, and that worries me about about the Democrats. And then on the right. You know, everyone's calling them fascists and all this other stuff, and I'm like, man, I don't know if these people are smart enough to be fascists, but fascist, communist, but whatever. But, but but they're still very dangerous, right? Like we're, they're still very dangerous, and so you know, I I just I feel like we're stuck in this position where we need to to pay very close attention to what both like the loudest voices in the room on either side are saying. Right? We need to look at the reaction that it's causing, and we have to temper it. Right? I know people don't want to hear about moderation and, and cooperation and bipartisan and, 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 and uh, compromise. Like They hate all that stuff. Right? Everyone's lying in the sand, and I'm not giving this up. I'm not giving that up. I'll burn it all down before I give you anything of what you want. That's, that's just a dangerous place to be. Right, because everyone everyone says they're ready to burn shit down. Yes, you know, I mean, but you're 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 saying that, assuming that your side is going to win, you know, the win the war and be the one rebuilding. Well, if you don't, right, and you burn everything down, <laughs> you may not like exactly the, the, this this new well, version of America. I'll, I'll go a step further. You burn everything down, and what's left might not be worth salvaging. Right. There's two major superpowers out there that are looking at us right now and going, oh, this is delicious. Exactly. China and Russia are out there going, this is great. And part of me, and you know, and, you know to that point, I think that a lot of this, I think that Russia, I feel like, they like they, they're stirring the pot somehow. They're probably doing it through social media. Um, you have to wonder if they have people on the ground. You, you know. don't have to. You know No, I mean, yeah. you know they do. Yeah, but, right. but still. Um, but I feel like I, I'm, 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 when I listen to people talk, I'm realizing, like, oh, Russia may not have to do shit, right? Like, I mean, we just have a very, like, we're, we're not, 
we're not as smart of a culture as we purport to be. <laughs> we're not smart at all. Right? I mean, we're, 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 we're not... We're fucking stupid, Steve. What? There were right. people gather. I mean, look, it's anecdotal. People went to Dallas to see if JFK Jr. was going to come back from the grave and reinstate Donald Trump. It's not... It's no, more... It, 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 that, that's extreme. That's extreme. And but the but fact I, that people don't say that is fucking... But we just have so many examples of, you know, people not understanding our political process, our governmental... Like, how our government works on any level. Right. Mike right? Pence should have done the right thing and stopped the election. But the, no, 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 do no, no, that. no, no, not even, not even that. Like, I mean, just walk up to a random person on the street no. and ask them about any specific, particular, what should be rudimentary uh, process of government, and they're probably not going to be able to tell you dick about it, right? Like, we just, we, we, we're just, we, we talk about being the best country in the world and the brightest and the smartest, and, and there are these flashes where it's like, yeah, yeah, we're totally the shit. Right, but then you have all these other examples where you're like, "Oh man, we ain't shit," and there's so many more examples of us I mean, not being shit, where it's like, I, it's just like we can't continue, like you can't continue to legitimately think that. You can hope for it, and you, so where that becomes a problem is when you have like maybe Russia and China, they they put little things out there, right? Like they they just they they plant they literally just plant small seeds. And then because they saw they saw and they knew what we were and bam, look at it right. So now they're probably not doing anything now. They're now they're like you said they're just sitting there high fiving each other, watching Sit us back and watch, implode. Light light the fuse and walk away and let things happen. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Another thing I don't want to get over Christmas. I hate to do this, but we have been so spoiled as Americans as a culture. And we've been so entitled as a culture. I've been saying it a long time. I'm also, I'm, I've thought it for a long time. I may have said it, may have not. But the rest of the world is looking at us going, fuck you. You've, you've, you know, you're, you know, the number of people in your country that have 55-inch plasma TVs when we're struggling to eat and you're whining about throwing the blank, fuck you. What did I tell you? I told you, we're weak. In yeah, every yeah. sense of the word, we are weak. Physically weak, emotionally weak, mentally weak, right? Our communities are weak. Our relationships are weak. Everything in this fucking country is weak. It's all held together by bubble gum, smoke, mirror, rainbow, sparkle, glitter. It's held together by the fact right? that it's, our, it's, our, it's held our together cur- by our currency history. and our currency. And money. Being, yeah. 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 Our history since the 40s, 1940s, and our currency is the quote-unquote stable currency in the world. Therefore, people will use us as the background for that. Right. Great. I mean, we're a paper second... mache giant, right? And, and some others, other people in the world are starting to, to, to poke and find the soft spots and poke through. And, you know, if we don't, you know, I mean, and I don't even know what getting your sh- shit together looks like. Um, because you just you listen to people talk, you listen to the art, or you watch and read the arguments that happen back and forth on on social media, and it's just like I don't know how you get the toothpaste back in the tube. I don't know what getting it back together looks like because I don't know when the last time we were that smart. We were we had common sense and used it. You know, what I mean, people want to people will tell you it was oh well in the forties, in the fifties, in the sixties, like. No, I just I just don't think we had social media. I just don't think we had a way to really to really talk about it. We certainly and, oh, didn't have. It. And oh, by the way, I mean y'all had that whole civil rights movement thing, and that did not go so smooth, right? Like, I mean, you kind of got it in the end, but even still, I mean, considering you had people fighting the Civil Rights Act in the '90s, um, I I don't know if that's as big of a win as you think it is. Right. And and if you talk to a lot of Americans today, they think a civil war is a possibility. Some say it's a probability. Now. I, we've talked about this a few times. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I've started to see how it could unfold, yep. even if it's in a small-scale thing. It's not a quote-unquote, you know, north versus south. Yeah, red charging versus the hill right. with the bayonets. Bro. Right. Not necessarily that, but if there is enough infighting in America, if we don't sit there and say, hey, there's a lot of stuff out there that would love to see us collapse, um, just the threat of that, and what it could do to our stock market, which then impacts our overall economy, which then impacts our stability. These are scary things. Man, I hate doing this at the holidays. Oh, it doesn't sure mean, don't matter. I mean, this, okay, is, well, I mean this, is, this, this is a microcosm of the holidays anyway. Um, <laughs> then there's that, because i got to drive the Buffalo 
Right. And thankfully, my I'm just looking forward will... to the stories of when you come back to the bullshit that happens in your on your there side. There won't of the be that much because oh, the one okay. the one racist uncle is so um, <laughs> he's so senile now. I will not allow a fight to happen between he and I. Okay. I just won't do it. I just okay. I would be. I would, I'd feel, you know what I feel like? I'd feel like Vito Corleone in Godfather Two, sticking the knife in the old guy in the wheelchair. Okay. Like, at this point, I don't want that fight anymore. Right. Vito and Dolini. Because I just feel like you just said you're basically going to stab your ninety-something-year-old uncle. I'm saying I'm not seventy-nine, and I'm not going to stab him because it's not worth stabbing. <laughs> I oh, did kind okay. of say those things. I thought you said... No, 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 no. See, the way I'm, it came out was that you were basically going to stab him no, so you didn't no, have to no, argue no, with him. No, no, I'm saying at this point... That if, do you understand I, what happened in the movie? I to know make, what happened okay. in the movie. Because now that's where I'm confused. All right, all right, all right. If so you did, you I'm wouldn't saying, say that. I'm saying that... You fuck. Um, <laughs> unlike Vito Corleone, I do not see the point of having this last showdown with um, you know, a, a, a decrepit, senile old man. Okay. <laughs> I did um, not just threaten to stab my uncle. Oh my god! Oddly, he's my godfather. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. So anyway, like I said, I'll just be looking forward to the stories of when you come back. I, I'll share. Um, you know that. I know you will, uh, and they will be there whether you are the rock in the middle or not. Um, so you know, it's funny. So you you put something on the board about you know you just mentioned civil war. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, there was an article about the number of Americans that are arming themselves, and there's a fair amount of chatter amongst, you know, well, quote, unquote, quote, say, 2A advocates, but they're 2A advocates that are big Trump supporters who believe that the election was stolen and that if there's any funny business in 2024, um, and funny business meaning where Trump doesn't win, then they may be ready to take up arms to make sure that he is installed as a president. <clears throat> now... You know, uh, I read that article. Uh, I think there was a little bit of, you know... Uh, hyperbole. Hyperbole, embellishment, uh, you know, their own spin added. But, you know, I paid really close attention to a lot of the conversation that happens in the gun community. Um, you know, I mean, we had Kevin Dixie on our show. We've talked about calling on Noir. There's, um, you know, a number of... I mean, there's, there's 20 of them, right? So I listen to a lot of these guys. Why? Because I'm a gun guy, right? I own right. a fair amount of guns. I train with my weapons on a regular, consistent basis, weekly. Um, so it's good to know kind of what's coming down the pike in terms of maybe new techniques or new technology, whatever it might be. Uh, but obviously there's the, the political aspect. Now, I don't agree with a lot of what these people say politically. Um, I do believe that the Second Amendment is important. I don't really think that it should be touched. Um, and I've explained my stance on that right now. I haven't seen a good... Like a lot of the, you know, common sense gun laws, I, I just, I, they have their roots in the past, and those roots in the past have been very racist or directed at lower income people. Um, and until you can separate this um, and stop spinning it, uh, because it just, it doesn't track, right? Everybody wants to ban AR-15s, but you have, you really have a handgun problem in this country, right? Sure. Like a majority of your shootings and your, in your, in your uh, uh, gun. Uh, a majority of your gun violence is committed with handguns, but yet sure. you want to ban the one that is used the least, right, in in any sort of gun violence that's actually measured, right? Um, it just doesn't make sense. It's like, oh, well, this is what this person used in this in these particular right. high-profile the, incidents. horrific, horrible they're incidents. They're really terrible, and they're very high-profile, but, again, the issue was not the gun. It was the person, right? Because up until a short time ago, like, the, the, the most violent mass shooting... Right, was the kid in Virginia Tech who did it with a fucking Glock, right? right. And it wasn't an automatic Glock, right? No, that record I mean, was just, broken a couple times. Right, I mean it's been it's been broken, but still, like I mean, broken by literally like only one or two people, right? Like so, he did it with a handgun, um, and so like that's that's your problem, right? Like so, it's just the 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 arguments on gun control aren't consistent with the actual problem. I don't, I firmly believe that they're not rooted. the The solutions themselves aren't rooted in what the actual problems are. Right, because the worst gun violence is in inner cities and urban areas, and yet when you're talking about gun violence, you're talking about things that won't impact these particular areas. The people committing these crimes can't even legally fucking buy guns, and the shit that you're talking about isn't going to stop them from getting guns. Right, I, so I mean, that's 100 percent true. The, the number of the, the I would I've never seen the stat actually played out, but I would love to see it. What percentage of gun violence is 
committed with guns that were legally owned by the person that committed the violence. It's not. And, it's and, not zero. Well, it's not but, zero, but, but I, it's, it's going to be small. really hard. I think it's going to be hard to get that number right. I mean, because there's so many acts of gun violence that don't even that there's don't no, get solved that don't get solved, resolved, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, so anyway, so that's so that's why I'm in the gun community. I disagree with a lot of what they say, but I also, you know, the people that are about gun control, gun reform, I disagree with a lot of what they say, but I listen to all of it. Um, and while I don't necessarily think that you've got people, well, I shouldn't say that. There are people who are arming themselves for a civil war who believe that it's coming. Um, most of those people aren't thinking that they're going to go lead the charge and start it, but they think that someone is and they want to be ready and they want to be prepared. Um, you do have your militia types that want to go around and, and you know, kidnap political figures and, and, and really start shit going off. And we, we've seen, you saw what happened with the governor in Michigan, and there have been people, I mean, even whether it's Dylan Roof or whoever, there are people who have, who have been one sort of splinter cells that have gone off and tried to start something, and they just yeah. end up getting themselves killed or arrested. Um, so do I think that, you know, 2024 possibly sets off an actual, you know, shoot 'em up bang-bang civil war scenario? No. Um, but do we need to pay attention? Yes, right? Now, what I will say is... If you're a progressive or if you're a Democrat or whoever, um, the answer isn't going to be to ramp up, uh, talk about gun control, ramp up, talk about getting certain, you know, getting ARs off the street, banning ARs. Let me tell you why. Because those, those guys I told you about that are just like, look, I'm just looking out for me. I just want to protect myself just in case. You go in and start threatening to take away their guns. You go in and start doing shit that that really gets to them and they and they do love their guns that's going to be a problem it's going to be a problem politically and with some of them it could turn into a, a, a bigger problem that doesn't really give a fuck about politi uh, politics you okay. know what I'm saying? yeah i do but I, i'm going to say that from a political standpoint i don't think you're going strong enough to the whole because i think if democrats could defang that argument they would defang a lot of the the Trump nuts. Because, I, I've, listen, I've, well, said, I, I've said this for years too. Take away that whole the Democrats are coming for your guns. John Stewart saying the Democrats aren't coming for your guns doesn't do shit. It needs to be Joe Biden. It needs no, to no, be... No, 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 no. It can't what? be we're not coming for your guns. It no, it has, has to, to be, be we support your Second, right, yes, second Amendment that's, rights. That's and what it has. This and, is and listen, I've said this before and people literally laugh at me. I say, look... If Democrats completely flipped their stance on guns and said, listen, we're about, if you want guns, great. We want you to have, you know, gun safety is important. You know, being able to rattle off the, you know, like never point a gun at someone that you're going to shoot. Always treat every gun like it's <laughs> like it's loaded. <laughs> right. Okay. You don't get to be a gun training. <laughs> uh, I spent a little time with Alec Baldwin when I was out in California. Oh, so oh, my understanding oh, of gun oh, rules might be a little bit. soon. Too soon. Okay. <laughs> but, um. But you know what I'm saying? Being able to yeah. rattle off the rule, like, and, and if, and, if, if Democrats did that and progressives did that and said, look, of all the fights, we're not going to win this gunfight, right? Like, so, so on this one, if we just flip, we talk about gun safety, but at the end of the day, all we want is gun safety and we want more classes out there where people can go and get training and everything else. And they just flipped on that. The Democrats could probably pull 5 to 10% from the GOP. Which would be enough to shift the entire landscape. Would shift the entire... And I mean, you would be able to pull them from states like Oklahoma. You would be able to pull them from states like Texas. Because there are plenty of people... States like Ohio. Ohio. There are plenty of people who are single-issue voters. Yes. Right? Single-issue. And the only issue that they give a flying fuck about is guns. Yes. That is it. Right? There are... There, there, I would say 20% of your voting block, like Democrat, Republican, whatever, single-issue, all they give a fuck about is their guns. Right, and I listen. I am. I spend a lot of time in these forums. They are filled with thousands. Like any one of these, like they have tens and hundreds of thousands of people who are more than like that is all that they give a fuck about. Literally, Absolute, all they care about. I, right. Some for, of the people also for Buffalo this weekend. Right for entertainment, for fun, for self defense, for protection, to hunt. All of the reasons why. Right? Yes, they're in love with guns, and it's weird, and it's crazy, and fine, whatever, but that's just, that's their issue, right? They don't care about anything else, right. and so if you flip and you say, look, we support it, 
We don't want to control it. That's your Second Amendment right. It is in the Constitution. Go get him, Tiger. Just don't kill anybody if you don't have to. Right? And that sounds crazy. Every Democrat says, oh, that's so crazy. Yeah, but guess what? Well, not this Democrat. Because and, and here's the deal. Because then they will shift. They will absolutely shift. Hold true to your promises. Stay away from the guns. Make more classes available. Okay, fine, whatever. But now, because you have power, right? if you do that, you can shift the Senate. You can shift the House. You would have the presidency. You do whatever the fuck you want. You can get all this social spending shit. You can get your bill back better. You can get your bill back better plus. right? You yeah. can get all of it through. No problem. You get that sort of majority and you shift the power balance that way, Republicans will never fucking win another election again. But you got but they won't do it. They won't do it. You know, they they have not done it. And that's where guys like Joe Manchin become interesting because Joe Manchin is I've never seen his actual stance, but I guarantee you, he is as Second Amendment positive as it gets. He has to be. Yeah, he's in the top ten in money from the gun lobby. Okay, well that doesn't surprise me at all. In a state who's number one, oddly enough, Marco Rubio. Which I think is weird. That is a bit weird. Because yeah, you're in Florida. Florida. But you're in Florida. Who the fuck cares? Like, well, there's also a lot of money in Florida, though. So if you're my raising money... I mean, frankly, you don't have to throw nearly as much money to get Joe Manchin elected. True. As you do to get Marco Rubio. Right. I mean, Joe Manchin was running against Cletus. Um, right? No, literally. His name is Cletus Jones. Shut no, up. I'm not telling the truth, but you don't know Shut that I was. <laughs> but it is... No, it's a scary thing. And speaking of Joneses, by the way, Alex Jones and Roger Stone... Are pleading the fifth before the the. Uh, I plead the fifth. One two three four five. That is one of the best skits ever on the Chappelle show. F I F. That seriously, that is one of the funniest Chappelle shows. Well, that's the only ever. reason you put it on here. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I'm not. I'm not that clever. Oh, come on now. Oh shit. But but no, they took the fifth, and they were both at least in the case of uh, Alex Jones. He was one of those. You got nothing to hide. Why would you take the fifth? Yeah. Well, Alex, you're doing it now. Now, you also didn't remember your kids' birthdays because you ate too much chili. So you're, you're a little suspect in terms of your uh, and, credibility. And, I mean, you put and out a video a saying, psycho. And you put out a video saying you're going to eat a whole bunch of people's ass. So <laughs> he also did that. I'll eat your ass. I'll eat your ass. You hate little music. But the funny thing is, he was saying that in reference to him eating another human being. Right. Right. He was actually talking about cannibalism. He, yes, he was. He said, and I forget what had gone on, but something had happened where too. we were like, I don't know. He was on the. We was thinking we we're on the verge of an apocalypse. Yeah, I think was, maybe it was COVID related. Eat your ass. Right. He said if he had to, he would he would eat another human to save his children, and he would eat your ass. And and the way he said it was just it, classic. It, it, it sounded hysterical. Like he was down but for some butt munch. <laughs> and I'm just watching the show Yellow Jackets. I don't know if you're watching that or not, but there's cannibalism themes there. So Alex Jones. I also good think you're the only person watching it. No, there's five. There's <laughs> other five of us. Uh, Juliet Lewis's family, and. Ooh, yeah, well, Juliet. I saw you put something on Facebook. No, but my, when mom, I saw... my mom and my one friend replied. Josh Morrow, my buddy from the comedy scene. Uh, but it's uh, it's anyway. It's interesting. It's weird. Um, it's got Christina Ricci too, by the way, which is okay. interesting too. All right, but anyway, cannibalism, Alex Jones. Either way, that's not why I put that on there. The fact that they're taking the fifth is actually kind of plays back to your point earlier. Run out the clock. Yeah. Stall. Do whatever. You can't get. And you know what? I'm a little bit sympathetic to them in the sense that... Stop. No, here's why. Here's why. If you testify in front of Congress and you say anything that can be taken as a lie, you're fucked. I mean, when... I I have no sympathy for that bullshit whatsoever. Don't lie. Don't say say crazy, stupid shit that'll get you hauled in front of fucking Congress, and this isn't a problem. And they have have two choices. Say crazy, stupid shit and get hauled in front of Congress... Or, or go in front of Congress and tell the truth. You want another beer? No. Okay, sorry. Why would you? I was Why was that the time? Because I, cause I, cause I want another whiskey, and That's you're just, drinking an uh, A. What are you drinking? It's uh, Brewdog Elvis AF, hoppy grapefruit. Contains right. less than 0.5% alcohol. Right. So. Sorry, I was not trying to distract from the show. I was trying to be smooth. Well, just, and once again. No, that's just stop trying to be smooth. It's just not I'm a pretty thing. smooth guy, Steve. Um, anyway. Yes. So, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. This story with Jones and, um, uh, Roger Stone, it's not interesting to me. Like, I, I don't care, right? I mean, all right, they pled the fifth. This is, I mean, that's anticipated. I didn't even realize they were being hauled in front of Congress. I don't even know why you would. I mean, I guess to get it on record that they're going to take the fifth. 
Um, because the only and did the they only, play a role in the only way that this became interesting to me is if one of them decided to tell the truth. That was the only outcome that would be like, oh my god, I wasn't expecting that. Right? Them pleading the fifth, or them deciding that they weren't going to go, that they were going to fight it in court. All of that, I would anticipate and be like, okay, fine. Like that's not a story. The only story with these dicks is them deciding to come clean about what the fuck actually happened. Which they will not do. And they and won't do that. So well, they're worried about their own political hides. A person, they're fucking hides, period. I mean, they're facing potential criminal charges if they I are. Know. Yeah, so. I know. So them manning up at this point when they never have to this point, eh, not a I mean, it's not going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what All I'm right. saying. That's why it's not. For me, it's not a story. Can, um, can, can we should we jump topics that we've been pounding on the yeah the uh, January sixth stuff, which is all relevant, and I don't you know I don't mean to dismiss it like we should stop talking because it is a huge issue, and the fact that more Americans aren't infuriated by it infuriates me. But there's a bunch of other things going on in the world. Um, one of the things you put in a, in our Slack account was the fact that the Aurora, Colorado, is going to be paying uh, Elijah McClain's family. Um, $15 million. And it's good that they're being held accountable, but as we always say, it doesn't bring anyone back. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's the only silver lining out of all of this. Um, you know, that, and I, I know that the Aurora, um, the, the particular law enforcement agency that was responsible for this and the EMS crew, like everybody um, is being, you know, they're being evaluated and they're looking at the training and, and they're, they're, you know, looking just, into it. So, he was the one that, they, they administered ketamine to yeah, him. Yeah, they gave, and, they, I mean, he, you know, he was like a 135-pound kid and they gave him a dose of ketamine that would probably take out a cow. Uh, and um, so it just, again, we've talked about the story before. It's, it's incredibly sad, you know, just a small kid bebopping down the street. I think he had like a ski mask on because maybe he was chilly or cold. And um, somebody called the police on him and said, oh, there's this, you know, black kid, you know, dancing around in the street. Police roll up, you know, four, five, six deep. Uh, they, you know, take him into custody. And he, and there's audio. And, you know, the, the police report made it sound like he was fighting and struggling. And it sounded like they were trying to take me into custody. But then there's actual audio that when you listen to it, the kid is begging and pleading them with them, like, listen, I am calm. I'll do whatever you say. I'm sorry. I, you know, whatever will, you know, make you guys right. happy, I'll do. Please just leave me alone. I, I will, you know, I'll gladly do whatever you want to do. I'll get in the police car. Please just stop. Um, and the police just continue to escalate and continue to get more and more aggressive with him, like with every word and breath that he takes. And it, ulti it ultimately leads to him being killed. Um, when they inject him with the ketamine, uh, and and you know the family yeah. gets fifteen million, that's generational wealth money if it's if it's you know invested and in, in saved properly. Um, so it's good that that's coming of it, but the fact that he's gone, you just can't replace. The uh, the other good side of it though is it does shoot a, a shot across the bow to that police force and other ones like you do this shit and it costs. You should be upset it cost the life of a kid. Yeah. But now you should also keep in mind it could cost the life of your department and your job. Well, and that I, doesn't happen. Well, this is what I'll say. Uh, it's for that specific department. Um, because frankly, I mean, we've we've seen plenty of police departments come under fire, and yet the ones around them don't heed the warning, and then something happens in a suburb, right? Sure. I mean, you know, whether it's... Freddie Gray being the one that popped yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, you've had all the shit that's happened in Baltimore. They didn't learn a lesson anywhere in and around the state of Maryland. I mean, shit, the city right. of Cleveland has paid out right. millions right. in city settlements for fuck-ups. Right. It's like, great, now a bankrupt city right. is, is giving money to individuals whose lives have been destroyed. Right. I mean... Yeah, you know. I mean, it's just like, I mean, Atlanta, I, I mean, like, so... I don't. I'm yeah. not as. I, I'm not. It doesn't, that doesn't leak down, does it? It doesn't sink down to the no, to doesn't. the personal behavior level. It's not like. And, and, it, and it goes back to talking about the way these systems were built and put into place, right? Like, so there's a certain level of entitlement and arrogance that's built into these police. Like, we talked to Mike Wood a dozen times, right? I mean, he's told us about the attitude of these police officers, yeah. and he's told us about the culture there and how it is. It is just so ingrained. Right, that there's it's it's beyond, you know, penalizing them to, to get them to get the point. Right, like it's just like, 
you know, it's really not any different than drug or gang culture, right? Like, I mean, how many people, how many of their people have to be killed or arrested or sent away to jail or prison for life, and yet they still continue to sell the drugs and do the gang banging? And, you know, Mike Wood in his book describes the police as the ultimate gang, the biggest and the baddest and the worst yeah. of all the gangs that he was a member of. And their mentality is basically the same the same thing, right? Uh, you know, how many police officers have to get caught? How many Derek Chauvin's and, and you know, uh, uh, the guy that killed um, um, the, uh, the other kid in Chicago, uh, Latron Laquan McDonald. Yes. Like, yes. And, and I forgot uh, the guy's name. It was Von something. And it was very right, German. But I'm just saying, like, so, I mean, you have Laquan plenty of exa- you have plenty of examples of, of where cops should be like, you know what? We got to do better. And yet they don't. Right? right. So you hope that this has a positive impact. Um, it's just a, it's really a sad story. And, and hopefully that family is really able to grow something out of that settlement, um, that, you know, really kind of highlights and, and makes, and makes that kid proud. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Derek Chauvin, by the way, he has pled guilty in federal court. And as soon as that happened, I messaged you and I'm like, why? And now I know why. Did you read what well, I said? Well, he wanted to go to federal prison. He wants to go to federal prison for two reasons. One, it's probably safer than where he is. Yeah. And two, because his chance of getting out earlier yes. go up with him being like, his sentence might be longer, but his ability to get right. out for good behavior. Yeah, the good behavior penalties, or the, not, I'm sorry, the good be, yeah. good behavior uh, whatever, rewards, whatever, um, are more aggressive on the federal level than they are in a lot of different states. Um, so it would make sense that, yeah, I'll take the federal charges and, and go and, you know, that will supersede the state. And then, you know, like, yeah, I may go away for 25 years, but chances are I'll get out in 15, something along those lines. And that's exactly what I read. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, it it makes sense. Um, but when I first read it, I was like, you're appealing. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I think he's got to see the writing on the wall. Your appeal's going no way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so now, so now it's it's all about strategy. So it's not. Yeah. He didn't all of a sudden find a conscience. It's <laughs> you know he didn't. You know, I mean, no. the fact that he's agreeing to this and his his you know apparently his lawyers grew a brain because they were their case was not the way they presented the case. No, that he did was not, not do great. a great job. Um, you know, and and he seems to have grown enough of a brain to to take that advice instead of you know standing pat and fighting. So. Um, you know, again, not much to say about it, but that that's the explanation yeah. behind it. When, it was, when, it, when I first read it, it made no sense, and I found the details. I'm like, ah, I get it. Um, and then there's Kim Porter in Minnesota, right? Like, just in the suburb right yep. over. And her case uh, has, has um, you know, the jury is deliberating. And I got to be honest, this one, this one is, this one's tough. Um, do some background for people who don't remember. All right, so Kim Porter uh, was a police officer. She she thought she had pulled out her taser, but she had actually pulled out her firearm. She said, taser, 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 and then she, she shot the guy, uh, Dante Wright. Um, and he had, he, he had been pulled over for something minor. They ran a check. He had warrants. Um, so they were executing the warrant. He decided that he didn't want to get taken into custody, so he tries to drive off. There's a number of officers there. One, you know, is trying to reach the keys in to pull them out of the ignition. There's a lot of officers. It's chaotic. She pulls out. She says, taser, taser, taser. She fires two or three shots, and then it's kind of all over, and then it comes instead of the taser. It was her gun. Yep. Um, now, the thing about this is is that, like, this was clearly a mistake. She legitimately, I, I believe she legitimately thought she had her taser, um, you watch the video of her after the fact. She's on the ground. She's crying. She can't. They had to tell her what happened. She's in complete disbelief. She can't believe that she shot him. The first thing she says, like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I shot him. I'm gonna go to jail." Oh my god, right? Like that's her initial response, right, right out of the gate. Um, you know, you watch her testimony. She was a just a, a mess, right? Just trying to talk about it and reenact it. She's able to collect herself. Um, but I truly believe that this was a mistake. And so the question then becomes, um, you know, does it rise to the, to the level of the charge? Does it rise to meet the, the thresholds for criminality? Uh, and it's honestly, this, this one's hard. Um, you know, she, in her mind, she believed that she had her taser. So the question and where, where I would probably have to convict her is that she's been on the force for 20 years, 
right? And then in this particular instance, she's doing, like, she's training an officer. And she had trained a number of officers, you know, new and young officers. And she had even done firearms, like, training. Um, and so, the, you know, her defense is trying to bring that up. Like, look, she's got years of training. She just made a mistake. And, and my immediate thing is, like, yeah, she's got years of training. So that's the whole point of training is, is to, you know, not make this mistake. Um, and that's where I would really get hung up. Um, I don't believe it was intentional. I do believe that she thought she had a taser. I do believe she thought she was using the, the lesser of two evils, so to speak. Um, but, you know, you've been on the force for 20 years. You never actually had to draw your gun or your taser in the line of, in the line of duty. Um, and so as a person, and me personally, as a person who trains with a weapon on a weekly basis, right? It's not a part of my job. I don't have to do it. It's not required. But I do it because I own weapons, and I think it's important that I know those weapons inside and out. But you also don't have two weapons on your hip. I, She's I got a taser and a firearm. I understand, but I, I would never carry a taser, right? Um, I, am, but I understand that I, as if, well. If I did, I would train with it. I do carry a knife, and I work with a guy up at Parma Armory who helps train me to use that knife, right? Like, so while you're saying, like, and yeah, there's a difference between the two, but what I'm saying is if I'm carrying something that I'm going to use that I may think I might need to defend myself, then I'm going to train with that weapon. I'm going to know it inside out to the point where it is literally second nature the way that I use it. Gun, knife, taser, throwing star, period, right? All right, first of all, you're not carrying throwing stars, I hope. Moving on. <laughs> you want to risk your eye? No. No, but seriously. But no, I get your point, and you're right. But how many times we talk about the failures of training? Okay. How many times? And, and which is one of the overbearing problems in all these look, things. But, Jim, look, I'm not a cop. I, I don't know. get the I know. shit for free. I can't I just... They, well, she can go get it for free. She can go get it eat, right? She's like, required to do it at right. some point. She, she's, she's not required she's, enough but, as a I problem. Mean, now, their training sucks. Right, a lot of these officers will tell you, and a lot of point. them go yep. outside and get additional. Like I, I was just at the gym yesterday morning uh, with one of the guys on the Cleveland SWAT team, you know, and he had just got back from uh, training out of state uh, and and talking about you know that experience and how it pushed him and and you know it, it was rough, but he got better. And so, but he's on, and he even said he's like, look, he's I, SWAT. He he said, look. I am on the SWAT team, all right? We're some of the baddest motherfuckers in Cleveland. We don't train enough. He's, his exact words were, we don't train enough, in my opinion, right? So, one, we have to talk about the, the, the and listen, again, bringing up Mike Wood a lot tonight, but he has talked countless times on our show and other places about how poorly the police are trained and yeah. how infrequently they're trained. Um, you know, when it comes to firearms, when it comes to hand-to-hand -hand combat, we know this, right? I have multiple police friends that, that, you know, that aren't on the SWAT team who rarely train with their weapon, who don't, like, they don't know that, like, I talk to them about their weapons, and they're like, what are you, what, what are you talking about, right? I'm like, you carry this thing every day. How do you not know that? How do you not know what your ejector is? How do you not know that on this particular, you know, like these are things that you should know. You carry this thing every day and you may have to use it to save your life or someone else's. How the fuck do you not know this? And that's the, that's what, the, that's how the police are walking around across the country. Right. And sure, so man. I, I feel awful for Kim Porter, but she should know her weapon inside and out. And whether they provide the training or she's got to go get it, she needs to have it, right? And if you carry a taser, then you need to train with that taser. If you carry it every day and you carry your gun every day, then you need to train with both of those as frequently as possible, right? Maybe not pulling the trigger because I'm sure those little taser yeah, nod, sure yeah. nodes are expensive or whatever. But there's got to be some form of a dummy taser or something that you can at least draw so that you know the difference. Or, uh, I mean, right? I, I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, practice, I train. I'm drawing this. I'm drawing this. Right. You know? I mean, I, I, I mean, there's so many different drills that I do. Shooting with my right hand. Shooting with my left hand. Shooting with both hands. Right. Like shooting with my my right hand while my left hand is occupied, um, or you know, or possibly injured. You know, like doing the vice versa with my left hand. Um, you know, shooting from a from you know from a draw you know where I have to draw, or you know shooting from a holstered position, or laying down, standing up, all those different things. Like you do all of that shit, and they're not doing it. And in this particular instance, it got someone killed. Yeah. 
And so the question is, what is the level of criminality to that? And I think that it has to be high. But I think at the same time, you're a police officer. The threshold needs to be higher, right? Like part of your, like you do have a duty of care, right? You're trying to get this guy in your custody. And yet, because you make this mistake, because you're not trained enough, some, he died. So I have to hold you accountable for that. And now the police station, the, the law enforcement agency that you work for, they have to go back and they need to fix that so it never happens again. So the training needs to increase, even if it's tenfold. I mean, again, how many times have we talked about bad police training? We've also talked about bad actions, but this strikes, this smells of just poorly trained, out of her element. You know, I don't know what her background, like a 20-year veteran, so she's a woman in her probably mid-40s, early 40s, 20 years of writing, I don't want to be a dick and say like writing parking tickets or whatever. I don't know. But, but I mean, 20 years way, on the force, never pulled her taser, never pulled her gun. Right. You know, so and, I, and that's a I mean that's good a for her. That's great, right? <laughs> you know, I mean because listen, I'm the same person who says that once you do it once, that you you know, like once you do it once, no matter the outcome, whether it was a, a good or clean shoot or whatever, you need to be pulled off the street um, because I think it does something to you when you actually take a life, and I'm not comfortable with people, you know, who have done it who are able to get comfortable with it, right? Because then you're able to do it again, and 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 those, then you take those guys and you, you increase your ability to train. Right? Like, if you're yep. going to keep them on the force anyway, keep them on the force, but have them doing something more beneficial, which is training. But the only other but the other problem is, with all of that, is that a lot of these police forces are undermanned because you have a lot fewer people that are willing to sign up for various reasons. Some people say they don't want to sign up to be a police officer because the damn liberals make the job too hard, and other people are just too soft and don't want to do anything to it because it's scary. Right? But we have a lot of those type of people on both sides, so we, have, we don't have enough police officers. Or good. We don't have enough good ones. We, I mean, we don't have we don't have enough, and we we, right, like, we, we definitely both, don't have enough good both, ones, both, but we don't have enough. Right. Like we don't have enough bodies, and then the bodies that we do have, we don't we don't have enough of them that are good. Agreed. Good at All their right. job or good humans. Um, real quick, we're gonna talk about two stories. We're we're gonna go long if we don't uh, uh, leave a few things out. But St. Clair County, Illinois, brought it. Go ahead. <sighs> This is so. This story doesn't have much to do with anything that makes any sort of sense. But in St. Clair County, County, Illinois, you had a number of the the fire department, the volunteer fire department. Ten out of thirteen people quit, and the reason why is, is that the fire chief. Um, they don't say why he had to step down, whether he was fired or he died or quit or resigned, whatever. They don't say, um, but they did say that he was replaced. The chief was replaced with a man convicted of arson. <laughs> so, now, I, do you know the details? I don't. Um, yes. So when he was in high school, he set his high school on fire. Um, okay. And it was a pretty big fire. Um, and he, he ultimately ends up getting pardoned by the governor of Illinois at some point in time. But... Um, he, so this happened. Please and, tell me it wasn't Blagojevich. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I actually I didn't re- recognize the person's name initially. So, but there's other drama around it because the guy's dad um, has had. I think he was the mayor of St. Clair at the time when this happened, when the fire happened. Uh, and then he, right now, the dad is the director of some. I think the emergency something services. Okay. Okay. So there's a little bit of scandal. I mean, sure. whenever you listen, whenever you've got an arsonist that is hired on or, or, or placed as the fire chief, I can't imagine that anyone would think that that is just on the up and up. Uh, and so, yeah, it caused a big stir in St. Clair County in Illinois. It's actually not far from St. Louis, um, you know, so it's that part of Illinois. But um, yeah, I just thought it was one of those things where when you read the headline, it's like, oh, this can't be good. And then you read the story like, oh, it's super good. <laughs> so juicy. Uh, but just um, look, if you're sitting on a city council, your local city council or, or, or what have you, just my words of advice. If your options uh, for the fire chief are between an arsonist and someone who's not an arsonist, why don't you go ahead and choose the person that's not an arsonist? Okay? I'm just throwing that out I, I, I rarely uh, hear political wisdom of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you. Hey. <laughs> hey, Jim, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you very much. 
All right, man, we got to talk some COVID stuff before we get going because it's running rampant. It is. And it is violently affecting professional sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, all right, so there's a bunch of parts about it that really annoy me. I and mean, the whole, the fact that we're still arguing about should we be taking this seriously is infuriating to me. I got my, my third, uh, I got my booster uh, Tuesday. Good. And yeah, a little soreness in the injection spot, but I'm fine. But whatever. But almost the entire NFL, lots yeah. of the NBA, but the, Cavs the, entirety, the entirety of the NHL has just said, we're, we're stopping now. Yeah. And, and it's like every week, like, okay, these guys are popping up on the, on the list. The thing that bothers me the most are the people who faked vaccinations. The other person who bothers me the most is Cole Beasley from the Bills because he ran his fucking yap about how vaccinations are un- they're unfair and I'm just sticking up for the little guys who don't have the platform that I do and blah, blah, blah. And you know what? Get rid of the man bun first. Okay, that bothers me the most. And then, and then, either get really your vaccine is- or shut up. No, man buns are... All right, I'm not going to... I would go there as a joke, but I, I won't know. do it. It's, uh, this is really about your hate of man buns. I do hate um, man buns. I will say this in defense of Cole Beasley. With the variant that we have running around, Omar, Omicron, Omicron, yeah. right? Um, that, that, that this variant highly contagious. Um, it's not quite as uh, uh, disruptive to the body, right? Um, but we do know that it's still very dangerous um, for you know people that are immunocompromised, uh, people that are and people that are unvaccinated. And we right? know that people in the ICU and people in the hospital numbers are through the fucking roof, right? And again. I know that for a fact here locally. Um, because I talked to the, with the CEO of Cleveland Clinic, um, okay. and he's like, look, uh, and he said that um, a majority of the people in the ICU are people that are unvaccinated, um, people with comorbidities, right? Um, sure. Well, he said the unvaccinated, um, but then once you start to parse it out, it's people that are unvaccinated with um, immunocompromised systems, right? Like, so right. maybe they've got rheumatoid arthritis and then they take the, the medication for that and that dampens down the immune system. And so those people are really under attack from, you know, any variant of COVID. Sure. And then after that, you have the people with the comorbidities. So the people that are obese, that have uh, asthma, people that... Uh, um, high uh, blood th- pressure, high diabetes. High blood pressure, diabetes. You know, diabetes, <laughs> things like that. Uh, w- there was a study that came out that said that the virus really thrives on uh, visceral fat. Um, and, 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 you know, higher levels of fat content. So, you know, again, you know, people that are obese are, are really at risk. Um, you know, I was just at a, at a, at a, you know, gathering before this where, um, you know, they talked about someone who had a really bad drinking problem and that was really in really poor health. Um, that's some friends of mine were trying to help and, and he's in the process of passing away from COVID. Like they had to put him into a coma. He's on a ventilator and, 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 you know, it's not looking good. Uh, so, you know, we, we know who this is, is, is attacking. Um, so if you're, you know, vaccinated and in decent shape, um, and you know, you don't have any major underlying issues and you take care of yourself, then you should probably be fine. You know, and if you take pretty decent care of yourself, chances are you will probably be fine. Even if you're unvaccinated, um, there's still a risk though, because this virus is, is really nasty. So what I'm trying to say is Cole Beasley will probably be fine. True. Right. And the reality is, is that even if he were vaccinated, that, wouldn't mean that he wouldn't pop positive because a lot of players who who are popping positive have been vaccinated. A lot of people okay. who are vaccinated. I have a friend; she's an attorney um, that I work with at a prior firm, and you know, she sent me the picture of her positive test that she took. You know, she's pissed about it because she has some mild system, symptoms, but her sister said, "Yeah, you can't come to Christmas." Right, and she's annoyed about it, but she is vaccinated, um, but she couldn't get her booster because she had the symptoms. You know, so I just I. I think before we beat up on Cole Beasley, like, yes, he boasted, but even if he takes a vaccine, he could still be in the same situation. He could be. be. He could be. Well, there's two reasons why he wouldn't be. One, he wouldn't be in the, you have to sit out 10 days so you don't get to play against the weekland part. Because if you're vaccinated, you test negative twice, you can oh, play. Oh, right. So right, there's right. the selfish gym, oh, okay. Buffalo Bills reason. I gotcha. But then there's also, you're right, Cole Beasley will probably be fine. But if Cole Beasley visits Cole Beasley's grandma for Christmas... 
She right. might well, not. Be. But then there's the people. Who, well, it's not even that, right? Like it's it's the people who are going to listen to Cole Beasley who have who the are going to visit Grasm- well, Grandma. Well, or, the people okay. who have the comorbidities or who have the immunocompromised systems who aren't paying attention to that particular aspect, right? And they just consider them healthy just because they I don't know wake up in the morning. I guess, um, you know, I mean, like the people who've been ignoring their health, their bad, poor health for 30, 40, 50 years. Right, and they, they've made excuses for it all along, and now mortality is looking him in the face. And so, instead of doing the smart thing and saying, "All right, well, I should probably get myself together. I should probably, you know, let me take this vaccine and start working on my health," it's like, well, they just, you know, decide, "Well, fuck it all." <laughs> you know, well, okay. not only am I not going to get healthy, but fuck this vaccine. Okay. Well, I so I just um, got a home test for COVID, so I can take it before I go. Be in the presence of my my mother, who's not a young woman, my uncle, who's on chemo, not the racist one, a different one. Oh, not the but one that you're going to stab? No, I'm not going to stab my uncle. <laughs> like, my why whole did, point why was, does that matter? My whole point was I'm not going to stab him. You, you're such a dick. Um, but, but... <laughs> you're a pussy. I can't. You know what? But, I think but, we've, you know, we've, we've, we've killed it. Let's shut this. You want, you want to talk about the problems game real quick and the COVID impact of that? Because that changed their season. No, well, I mean, it did, and COVID impacted it, but it was a little too close for my comfort because as a Steelers fan, I need the Browns to lose that game. Like, and everything happened, right? The Steelers needed to win. I needed the Ravens to lose. I needed the Browns to lose. I needed the Bengals to lose, but they didn't. But I still like the the, the, the AFC North is such wild. a ju- jumble. Wild. I mean, the Steelers, I think, are in last place at eight, seven, and yeah, eight, at eight, 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 eight six, six, and, six and, one? and one. We're I think we're in last place or something like that. Right, but yeah, the top. Uh, well, no, 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 no. Sorry, you're seven, six, and one. Top teams are eight and six. Yes, I mean, so, so I think actually the Browns are in last place because they have seven losses. Oh, they're seven and uh, seven. You're seven, six, and one. Correct. Right. So we're, now okay. we're in like third right. place. And, and the Ravens and the Bengals are eight and six. Right, but they so, play. But the Ravens and the Bengals play each other. I think this weekend coming up. Correct. Um, so that if if the Steelers can find a way to beat Kansas City. Then all of a sudden we're back in play and we need the Browns to lose to Green Bay, so it's crazy, right? Like it's and and what's cra- the Steelers don't even have to be in this position if they beat the Lions and they're able to find a way to win the San Diego game or the Minnesota game, then you're in the driver's seat of the division, even as fucked up as the season has been. But the season has been really fucked up, and here we are. So, and COVID ended up helping right, the Steelers. I mean, in this case. Yeah. Now, and the Bills, by the way, play New England in New England on Sunday. This episode will get published on the day of these games and I won't we don't need to do a whole breakdown of the NF as the AFC East but basically that game decides determines the, the yes. division and there's Cole Beasley getting fucking COVID and saying I'm not going to miss this game well Cole you are because yeah, but you, I mean you still got Diggs oh no no they still got Emmanuel Sanders I actually mean, well he's hurt but uh is he out I don't know okay. and we got Gabriel Davis who I think is very underrated by the way yeah. Um, but either way, COVID is turning sports on its ear. If I want to do a closing statement, all the idiots who said, this is going to go away on November 4th once the election's over, it's not. It's not political. It's a real fucking disease. It's well, ravaging the world. I mean, they, world. they've shifted that, and, and now it's just Biden is just using COVID to manipulate his agenda. Blah, 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 blah. Like, You're right. On. You're right. And he's also, by the way, according to Alex Jones, the tornadoes in, in Kentucky. I want to throw a shout out to uh, Ben Eves, our, our friend from the yeah. My Whiskey Den. He's working in Kentucky in a, a distillery, and he actually drove into the the ravaged zone of uh, tornadoes and distributed uh, you know supplies and tried to help things out. And he put some stuff on Facebook, and man, when you Brutal. see the devastation of that, it was amazing. So shout out to Ben yeah. for you know spending his time and energy to help people in I need. I got to send him cigars. You do need to send them cigars. Um, no, I bought them some specific oh, ones, okay. and they're in my humidor. I just, I because they're in my humidor, I don't see them, so I forget about them. All right. Well, this is your reminder. Send Ben cigars. Okay. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. You'll be hearing this after Christmas. Um, thanks for listening. I'm done. You done? I'm done. We're done.